Hi, my name is Craig McLean, and welcome to the Cairo London podcast. Uh, this first episode is me having an interview with Luke Brady, the other founder of Cairo London, and we go into everything about the history of how our group of clinics started, right back to how we even got into chiropractic ourselves. Kind of what we're into, uh, you know, outside of the Cairo world. I'm into bikes. Luke's into ultra marathon running. Um, so I hope you get a bit of insight as to the story as how it evolved. So hope you enjoy episode one of the Cairo London podcast. It's uh, a little overdue <laughs> for the yep. two of us to get together um, and have a bit of a chat about uh, what we've been doing over the past five years, uh, or maybe ten years, really depending on how far we want to go back. I think it has been nearly 10, hasn't it? So um, maybe I'm Craig McLean, um, one of the founders of Cairo London. Who are you? And and what are you drinking there, by the way? I'm drinking uh, a lovely Sauvignon Blanc. I think you made your first error with the tea, didn't you? Well, here's the thing. Ah. Is this a cup of tea? Or... Is that piece of string taped to the inside (laughs) (laughs) of the mug? Beautiful. (laughs) I did share with you the other day the uh, the Zoom um, life hack, which is um, snip the tea bag off, pour wine into the coffee cup, and uh, yeah, you're drinking wine. I'm drinking wine. It's after four. Well after four. Yeah, I um. Uh, I've taken to getting out of bed at five, doing a couple of laps of Arthur's seat, and I don't know, I feel like a wine at four o'clock sort of justified a little bit more anyway. I guess your day just shifts like that. It does, yeah. When I moved up to Scotland, um, everybody warned me about the short, cold, dark days through winter. Nobody warned me that it's basically an endless daytime through summer. It's broad daylight at about three thirty, four o'clock, and doesn't really get dark till 11, so, um, yeah. Right, so you've intimated there that you are in Edinburgh, Scotland. I am. Uh, yeah. I'm in London, uh, and, you know, a lovely sunny day down here in London. Um, yeah, I can say the same. But it was, a, what, how long ago did you move up to Edinburgh? It's just over a year now, I think. Yeah, maybe eight, uh, 13, 15 months. Yeah, it's gone fast. Weird. Um, right, so look, uh, let's get stuck in. I don't want to be too formal on this sort of whole scenario, but we have probably want to sort of share a bit of uh, where Cairo London came from. Um, Great. And um, we'll just kind of keep the, um, the information coming. Um, Perfect. Uh, but look, go right back to the very start. Um, what the hell got you into chiropractic right at the very start? Yeah, so... Um Come from a chiropractic family, three, four kids, all four of us are chiropractors, and I, um, I sort of got the ball rolling. I'm the oldest of four, and when my uh, younger brother Adam turned up, I was two years old, and I suspect I wanted the attention, so I basically stopped breathing when younger brother turned up and developed asthma. So after two years of mum and dad taking me in and out of the emergency room um, with these asthma attacks, they eventually took me to see um, Neil Davies, who was a bit of a paediatric chiropractic guru. And um, so he was my first chiropractor when I was four years old. And from then, uh, it, it changed my health, changed my life, changed my family's life. And we 
it was just always part of our healthy lifestyle ever since I was growing up. And um, that sort of, I was one of those weird kids in primary school that, you know, knew that that's what I wanted to do. Well, so you're the oldest though, aren't you? Mm. Yep. So um, did you, you start this whole thing of, uh, well, obviously you, you as a kid were getting adjusted. Yep. Uh, the whole family were getting adjusted. Yep. Um, you were around chiropractic quite a lot. Yeah. Because what, you, your mum as well. Mum uh, moved into a uh, CA role when she was sort of when the, all the kids were at school. So she started as a CA in, uh, in our, what was our, I guess, our, our sort of family clinic that we went to. And then she was there for a good number of years and became practice manager. And then when I graduated, uh, mum and I started our, our own small practice that my brother has since, since taken on. So it was nice to be able to hand over the reins when I left Australia and, and Adam has continued that and he's still, still in Ballarat practicing. Yeah. So you've skimmed over the fact. How many uh, people in your family? Uh, four siblings. So, and all four of us are chiropractors, yeah. Well, that's a fairly important part of that it's story. A pretty, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty big number. I don't know. There's a few, there's a few bigger chiropractic families but not many. Mm. Well, I'm, uh, well, the other sort of link between us randomly is that we grew up in the same town <laughs> in country uh, Victoria in yeah. Australia. Um, I am about 10 years older, well, not quite, than you, um, yeah. which kind of meant I was obviously an entire <laughs> school generation yeah, difference. It was a gen- it's a generation. Let's go with generation. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, you know, obviously I didn't know you at the time. Um, no. But uh, this town has, I think, now 80,000 people living in it. Um, yeah, and both about, about, yeah, and about 80,000 chiropractors, I think. There's a lot of chiropractors. <laughs> There's a lot of chiropractors. Uh, but anyway, though the um, by chance, uh, yeah, we came from the same town. Um, yeah. Went to sort of different schools. Yep. Um, but actually, your dad's a primary school teacher as well, right? Actually, he's just retired. He's a secondary school teacher. Just retired. Secondary. Yeah. But yeah. then, you know, same here. My, my dad mm. was a, a primary school teacher um, and raised three boys. And um, anyway, went straight to Cairo school. My yeah. story isn't quite as elaborate as yours where I was um, just, you know, at the time I was looking for something to do as you get towards mm. the end of uh, high school. And yeah. I, I sort of searched around for all sorts of different things. But um, what I share when someone asks me that story is that it's uh, always in a sort of associated with um, I had a fairly internal, natural healing philosophy, you know, one mm-hmm. that was kind of like, you know, what can you do that is outside of a traditional medical offering to sort of be well? Um, well, what, what, what prompted that? If it wasn't, um, you know, if you had that sort of before finding chiropractic, where did that sort of idea or philosophy or, or notion come from? Well, I, actually, I reckon... Um, there was, uh, like, it wasn't as though I was kind of, um, you know, a child to the hippie generation. Um, right. my folks are pretty conservative. Um, yeah. uh, but, um, I put it, one of my early memories is as a 12 year old, I think I got like a sore throat or a cold or something and was, uh, um, uh, when they decided, or we decided, uh, that GP, when we went to the GP, that yeah. maybe it's time to give him a about about penicillin and just sort of see if uh, that can kind of cure whatever was going on. Yeah, and right. then it turned out at the time uh, we discovered that I was allergic to penicillin um, oh. uh, and went through a fairly. <laughs> I don't, you was know, it, it a spectacular a, reaction or? 
No, big enough. it was just fairly unpleasant and sort of yeah. enough to sort of like stop that course. And then right. it was just like, well, you know, really is, is that, way. you know, uh, yeah, there's got to be another way exactly. And so therefore uh, I think that wrapped up in the fact that I did a fair bit of sort of um, childhood sport. Um, yep. I always kind of just uh, listened to my body, rested, got through whatever it was that I, yep. I needed to. Um, what was yeah. your, who, who and what was your first chiropractic visit? Well, my first chiropractic visit was uh, when I was observing some chiropractors in um, Ballarat. Um, uh, One of the 80,000. I reckon one of uh, might have been Neil Davies, uh, certainly Alan Terrett and a couple of these other guys. Um, In fact, Mill Street Clinic. I'm pretty sure I went and just checked out as I was like a, you know, one of those – those people you get kind of like knocking on the door saying, uh, can I just spend a day or an hour or something and see what you do? Um, yeah, we, we love getting those now, don't we? They're great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's another excuse, another coffee. Um, so that would have been Lorraine and Lorraine and John Stewart back in those days. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. Uh, so you had a little poke around. Yeah. Yeah. But it also, you know, the, at the time, I don't know, like uh, there were some pretty strongly philosophical chiropractors yeah. um, in Ballarat and they took the time to sit down and sort of tell me the story, you know. Um, and that seemed to be like, okay, you can use your hands um, to help someone's uh, spine and nervous system work a bit better yep. Um, yep. and sort of kickstart that kind of like natural um, healing response, you know. Yeah. Um, so uh, and, you know, I guess that's uh, wrapped up in, in how it's sort of, Something deep down in me just sort of said that seems like a good idea. Um, yeah. So that's – yeah, look, because I, I – that Mill Street was where I grew up in basically. So I was SOT, mm. SOT care all through my childhood. And then I'll never forget that the first day when I got to RMIT college, um, it was palpation and everyone's told, right, you've got to take your clothes off. Other students are talking about cracking backs, um, back pain, and I'm thinking, what the hell have I got myself into? I thought I was used to activator, blocks, wellness. I kind of didn't really even – I was so unprepared for the conversation being back pain because I'd grown up with chiropractic was just about taking care of your body, taking care of your nervous system to be healthy. Mm. And this whole concept that people were there to learn how to help other people with back pain was – Oh shit! I've <laughs> yeah, that was a whole thing that I wasn't uh, wasn't quite prepared for. It was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Let alone taking your clothes off. Holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So look, um, maybe let's go um, flip forward a bit. Um, and after both studying chiropractic at the same university in mm-hmm. Melbourne, uh, RMIT. Um, we then went sort of quite different paths uh, and then so I in 2002, well, in, actually in 99 I came to the UK um, and then I was working as an associate in Putney for a few years and then in 2002 there was an opportunity to um, take over Putney Chiropractic and become the owner uh, of that clinic. Um, and so that's where my journey started in London, um, a clinic that now has been in operation for 30 years starting in 88 um and um then i met you in i think 2009 right uh 2009 yeah i think uh, actually i think it might be 2008 okay give or take yeah 
And um, that was on the back of my um, stint in the Middle East. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, so maybe tell that story as to how you ended up becoming part of the yeah. Putney Cairo crew. So over through my course of travelling through my first stint of the of UK, which was 2005, I met up with, uh, with a Dr Don Murray and he and I became firm friends. And through that relationship, I had the opportunity to spend some time working in the Middle East um, for three years in Oman, uh, during which time Don was actually an associate for you in Putney. Yeah. And then after I was sort of ready to make a move, uh, as was Don, he was ready to, to focus his energy in the city. And, um, and it was quite amazing. I had uh, I just sort of completed a John D. Martini sort of full intensive, full immersive week kind of thing and um, had sort of come to the realisation I was ready for a move. And then the next day Don called me and said, uh, if you want a job in London, you can have one. I can put a word in. I know a guy. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that, thank you, universe. Um, done. So in a matter of weeks I'd sort of made the move and was in Putney. Uh, of course, true to form, you were not in Putney. I think you were in Australia for a month. So I was essentially working in Putney without having even met you for, for a good month. And, um, and that was sort of how our relationship kicked off. I was pretty close to that, wasn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. And then, um, you know, you stayed with us for nearly a decade, didn't you? Nearly a decade, um, yeah. Yeah. And that was uh, right up until the point where you moved to Edinburgh a yep. year ago, which is where we started this whole conversation um, yep. when we were discussing right. tea versus wine. Yeah. Um, I stand by that decision, by the way. <laughs> Maybe I'm beginning to regret <laughs> that decision. Um, yeah, so, so I, I think just I might actually just kick off. So with the how we, how we even came about Cairo, London, when I got to London, I was just so grateful to be given this amazing space in Putney and basically, you said, you said, look, make it your own, help as many people as you can. And I like to think that I sort of just ran with that and, and got pretty busy and had a really, had a really good time and, and loved my time in Putney. And then it was probably a few years in that um, you had a, had a big idea. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, to, <laughs> to be put honest. put it mildly. I, uh, well, I, it was obviously there were there's probably two for me, two underlying reasons as to why I even thought it'd be a good idea to sort of expand on the one clinic idea. Um, One was sometimes it was really hard to make a referral to a Londoner who lived nowhere near Putney for quality chiro care. Right. So we thought, okay, look, there's, there's, uh, there's obviously a demand when you're looking at a city of millions of people and literally probably hundreds, a couple of hundred, I don't know exactly how many chiropractors. Uh, yeah, many. It doesn't even seem like that many. It's really no. hard to actually find a good referral. So we thought, yep. well, surely we can go do a good job of actually providing some quality care um, for some people, right? Yep. So, uh, and it was that, and combined with the fact that I thought, well, why we're we working together? It'd been about five years or so, and you've mm-hmm. sort of well and truly gone past the kind of usual um, associate 
period of time and I'm like, I think I'm going to have to keep this guy interested in doing something else yeah. outside of Putney. <laughs> um, and so it was a good opportunity for us to sort of get together. So, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, then we set up this idea and we spent about an hour, a year faffing around trying to work out what that looked like, um, yeah. meeting a few different people. Uh, I still go past Ballum, Cairo. Oh, yeah, uh, and there, I think. That little shop is mm-hmm. still operational as a landlord ah. shop. Yeah. But anyway, and, and down in Richmond. Uh, anyway, so we finally got around to Tooting Chiropractic. There you are. Which I think was 2015, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think it was about Easter time again, 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah, early year, and we took over from Dr. Andrew Newcomb. Yep. Who'd been and there for 15, I think. I think he'd been there for about 15 years. Well, the clinic, I remember, opened in 99. Oh, right. Um, but he wasn't the first to do it. So, um, uh, But anyway, so then Tooting was um, our first opportunity to do this. And so then we started the tried and tested method of having new work, uh, you know, as an associate, carry on mm. your good work in Putney, <laughs> and then um, uh, do that thing where you would go in and basically try and work from the ground up to inject a little bit more life back into these places. Yeah, well, basically what happened was we, we I took my – two-and-a-half-day working week and doubled it and actually did some work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which kept great the restlessness away. Yeah. yeah. It sounded like a great idea at the time. Yeah. Well, this is the problem that you have, though, is that you like to exercise in about 15 minutes, don't you? Yeah, so do. um, yeah. that doesn't take up much of the day once you've no, been to the gym true. and it only yeah. takes 15 minutes. But Yeah, I'm not on Instagram in the gym. That's true. Maybe we can get into that later once we mm-hmm. finish this story. So then, um, yeah, so Tooting was 2015. Um, then the next along the list was then we came across this um, old GP surgery that was being done up by a developer. Um, and we thought, well, as opposed to buying a clinic, um, the terms seem reasonable to just open up from scratch in a place on Wandsworth Ridge Road in Fulham. Um, Easy Road which, seemed like a good idea. Which again was about well, it was about a year later, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And we'd managed to get a couple of associates into tooting in about a year, um, yep. and then allow you to move on to work in Fulham. Yep. And you basically started from scratch there yourself, right? True. Yep. Well, Drew was there for a little while, wasn't he? Goes without <laughs> saying. Big shout we out, are- Drew. We obviously need to do a, um, a list of all the people that have helped us along the way yeah. at some point too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a long um, list, but yes. I was there. We got the ball rolling in, in Fulham, uh, which was, yeah, a different challenge, that's for sure. Uh, look, Drew was there. Was Drew there in Tooting as well? Helping? It was like a yeah. similar sort of thing. It was like you yeah. were a two-man two, yeah. two, two army, right, sort of just yeah. going in there and sort of um, he would sort of be looking at, paper appointment books and paper files and sort of trying to convert them digitally and all that sort of yep. stuff, right? Um, yep. Right. So. So that was Fulham. And then. I've got Marlebone. down here, Marlebone, October 2017. Yep. So that was a story whereby the sort of wellness centre, I guess you could call it, of the Barclay Clinic, um, which was run primarily by osteopath Jonathan Le Bon, was on the market and we decided it would be a good idea to take it over. Um, and yeah. I think we thought we were buying more of a chiropractic clinic than we thought. 
Yeah, in that there actually wasn't a chiropractic clinic in it when we <laughs> when we looked a little deeper. Yeah. But we didn't waste any time. We, we renovated the hell out of that place. Yeah, dropped a bit of coin on that. And then um, that was, I'm pretty sure we faffed for three months working out the plans. Um, by the way, uh, Pete from Jet X-Ray oh, yeah. tells me, reminds me, who I met there yesterday um, in the Barclay Clinic, that he actually had already been there. Um, really? and we obviously got very excited at the point, um, when we'd taken over the, the, the building and we're like, right, let's get an x-ray in here. Let's yeah. knock down the walls, you know? Oh, um, and anyway, we still haven't got an x-ray. No, we haven't got an x-ray machine. No. Um, but we do have a lovely, uh, clinic up there, which you, uh, were obviously working through as a building site through, I think yeah. January and February through the middle of the winter. Um, and yep. boys did a good job up there and it's now a, a great looking practice in central London. Yeah, it's cool. That was actually one of the the biggest um, through the journey. Actually, I think that was probably the one that I enjoyed the ground up process the most because there were there was a good two or three months during the renovations that Drew and I were there solo. Drew Drew's the front desk was a cordless telephone on a trolley under the stairs after you walking through a construction site and I was in a massage room on a broken massage table adjusting people and we got kind of busy and we, we ate a lot of drop scones from Gales. That's, that's to be fair. But it was that experience that I think we just sort of realized, you know, this, what we're trying to do is actually really simple. It's nice to have all the fancy stuff and the bells and whistles, but when it comes down to it, if you've got a telephone and a bed, you're pretty much good to go. Yeah, good one. So then lastly, that leads us to um, a year later. Uh, this was this story whereby uh, we met Paul Danford, um, uh, who'd been running Q Chiropractic since 1984 or early 80s anyway, mm-hmm. of a clinic that was first opened in the 1970s. Um, and, yeah. yeah, and so we just got into negotiations and um, that was the fifth clinic uh, before you knew it um, at, towards the end of the summer in 2018. So um, that And he's still with us, which is great. Yep, he's still with us. He was looking for a kind of a, a helping hand towards his retirement. Mm. I think he's about 62 at the moment. and yep. um, Looks uh, 65, though. Not a day over 55, yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so so there you go. But you're right. Um, going back to we couldn't have done it all without Drew, um, no. uh, who has just, um, you know, drives it like he owns it. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. Um, and so that's been great where Drew obviously came from a non-chiropractic uh, baking background, Baking which I noticed background. he actually doesn't do any baking anymore. You know he does, uh, but he did baking, right? I know he did. He makes he makes mean scones, but I think he's enrolled Lisa Tan into the baking sort of role in the household at the moment. The bagels that you pumped out yesterday looked pretty good. Yeah, I think he obviously did enough of that for a decade that he actually decided yeah. that he can't do that anymore. No. So uh, yeah. <laughs> um, how do you reckon we're going? We're keeping anyone's interest? I'm not sure. We see. I think uh, people are coming and going, which is kind of what I think we were hoping for, anyway. Well, like uh, just to explain to the listeners, all the thousands, oh, watches, of them. I guess, or yeah, ten thousand. I see there. It's a big well, gather. 
obviously the idea is that we're doing a, an Insta Live. Um, however, I'm hoping that I can use technology enough to actually um, convert this into the first episode of the Cairo London podcast, assuming that's what it's going to be called. Well, let's call it that. So I've got a question for you. What's Okay, we've done a pretty lengthy intro, let's be honest. That was just a big intro. Um, what are you hoping or what would you like people to get out of this? Is this aimed for clients, existing clients, potential clients, chiropractors, future chiropractors? What are you hoping people are going to get out of this takeaway from it? So I made a commitment to myself after going to a CPD conference last year that um, what was missing in our Cairo London group was an extra dimension to meeting the docs in our group, right? Right. Um, so I initially thought, well, you know, it's, uh, I like listening to some podcasts. I'm not a, you know, I don't hit, listen to a whole heap of them. I do like to do that thing where I do three things at once, including listening to a podcast <laughs> while you do that. Right. So, um, even though we're doing an Insta live and this just disappears after 24 hours, um, you can, you can obviously take the audio and turn it into a podcast. So that's my theory. Yep. Um, and I hope that initially at least it just helps um, people hear the story of where we came from, realise that we're two fairly normal people, I hope, or we come across that way. Um, although if you are watching, you can see the bikes in the background. Which Yeah, um, you cycle more than most and I probably run a little bit more than most, but otherwise yes. I think we're pretty normal. <laughs> and we should get into that. Um, but, look, I think, uh, I think there's, a, there's a wealth of information out there first, like firstly, and so given the fact we've got about 15 chiropractors with us at the moment, um, give or take, um, there's 15 episodes of this podcast um, sorted. Um, I uh, also started this with a um, great little discussion I've had with um, Jason Pooley, the mm. House of Yoga guy, so look out for that one coming up soon. Um, but uh yeah i i mean it's effectively trying to broaden the scope of understanding about what we all are doing as individual chiropractors um but also you know the other thing that i i realized that i, I searched the other day for a very simple podcast to try and two people hopefully just having a discussion about what is chiropractic yep and i couldn't really find one in fact a, a, right. like a, a a patient was kind of like um, yeah, can you point me in the direction of something that just sort of explains in a little bit more detail yeah. what's going on here to my body? And I, I did a fair search on that. Um, and there's a lot of chiropractors doing podcasts. Yep. Mainly, <laughs> well, yeah. most of them are just bantering on. Yeah. Um, Can't so, imagine uh, what that sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> so some of them are interviewing really quite in- interesting people. Okay. Um, yep. And... But no one's really sort of done a great job that I've found anyway. Have you found anyone that actually has tackled that um, actual, you know, educational thing? No, I think I suspect most – I'd like to think that a lot of the chiropractic – other chiropractic podcasts, maybe the early episodes started there and then because what we do is actually pretty bloody simple – um, they then feel the need to pad it out and expand and maybe go into nutrition or exercise or get special guests to talk about their special interests because, mm. and please feel free to correct me if you think I'm wrong here, but I think what we do as chiropractors is so incredibly simple and so incredibly powerful that I often sort of think, 
you know, if I was to write a book, it would be the shortest book in the world. Like we're essentially glorified mechanics. We've got two jobs. And forget this whole three phases of care thing. I've got it down to two. You've got two <laughs> phases of care. Phase one is get a spine moving. Get it moving properly or at least get it moving better. Yeah. Phase two is keep it moving or keep it moving better. That's it, right? Yeah. It's actually that simple. And then when people ask, well, why is that important? You have to point out that, well, the spine protects your central nervous system. And then people think, shit, central nervous system, that sounds important. It is. It's really important. Your central nervous system controls you. So if your spine isn't functioning properly, it's impacting your central nervous system, which controls you. Yeah. So that's what we do. That's why what we do is getting spines moving and keeping them moving. That's why that is so important because without that, people's central nervous system isn't able to allow them to function as well as they can or should. That's it. So I don't know how you turn that into a long-winded book or a, a series of podcasts, but that's why I think it's maybe difficult to find <laughs> pure <laughs> chiropractic podcasts because you got to pad that out. You got to pad it pretty out. quickly. Yeah, yeah. You got to you got to start talking about well, you got to stand to the patient's left and adjust them with the thrust like this with the angle and think about God at the same time. It's like no, 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 no. It's actually dead easy. Well, that, there goes that idea of an extra chapter then of uh, like talking about <laughs> chiropractic. Um, well, I can expand on that a little bit and get another glass of wine into me, but that ultimately is the explanation as far as I'm concerned. I think, yeah, I mean, we, we could probably, when well, we should, probably just as a standalone thing is to actually uh, have a discussion around that. So, look, hopefully that's getting back to your question of, you know, what's, what's the whole plan of doing yeah. this. Um, it's yeah, just sort of giving that little bit of an extra dimension to yeah. to what we do, both as a group of chiropractors at Cairo London, um, and to sort of help people make a decision as to whether or not they want to sort of uh, involve chiropractic in that sort of um, yep, uh, look after yourself, take responsibility for your own health sort of situation. You know, um, not a bad time to get that message out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. What, uh, okay, so where, let's, well, we, there is an elephant in the room. We are probably, one of the main reasons we're probably doing this is because you've got a bit of time to put this together because life has changed dramatically. Um, this, I think, is a, this is a, one of the many silver linings to this whole global situation. We've got time to, to do this, even though we're in different parts of the country. Um, what are some other, or maybe, what's, what's maybe one of the, biggest silver linings for you in this last six weeks of corona atmosphere and phenomenon what have you what's been a maybe a pleasant surprise or something well i think maybe linking into that why i got into chiropractic story um is again just giving me that underlying confidence in the fact that you know our bodies can fight off uh infection no matter what form it comes in you know um and you know sometimes that's a, a relative like in, in this day and age where well not day and age now we're being bombarded with so many sort of negative stories about yep. um people dying and the, the death count on a daily kind of yep. like scoreboard scenario mate when i check my my weather app that pops up before the weather yeah 
So it's very easy and like especially, and I get it because especially if you are close to someone who has been affected, um, it's, 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 it's emotive, you know, yep. it's, uh, it's scary. And so, uh, however, you know, it sort of made me go back and kind of look at the old microbiology of, of what is a virus um, uh, and how does our body deal with that to just give me that kind of further reassurance that for hundreds of years or, you know, since we as human beings have been functioning, we have had an immune system that can um, pretty effectively deal with 99.9%. Well, (laughs) the fact that we are still here as a a species speaks highly to that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, and and this isn't isn't sort of wrapped up as like a, a... an evangelical chiropractic opinion sort of a thing. It's just like a, someone who's got like a, uh, a confidence in, in what the immune system and, yeah. and what the body yeah. can do, you know? Yeah. Um, and yes, coronavirus, COVID-19 is a bit, you know, certainly more transferable than some viruses we've experienced before. Mm-hmm. I'm no expert in microbiology. Um, but again, I'd sort of looked at how it then affects and it sort of has worse symptoms than some yeah. of the you know the common cold or the the flus that we've had previously especially of those who are susceptible um yeah. and the, the high risk things but mm-hmm. you know for the majority of the population our immune system is um going to be super strong you know so it's it's yeah. it's it's going it's sort of in answer to your question i've gotten a little bit of reassurance again or, or sort of confidence back again at what the body can do and how amazing it actually is at sort of being able to yes. deal with most of these things yeah um so there's there's the whole that whole side of side of things and then there's the you know the the, the having two kids i've got two young kids Lockie and charlie who are uh at homeschooling at the moment like the rest of the planet seems yeah. to be homeschooling um, thankfully our school does a pretty good job of sort of structuring the day. Um, and thankfully they're a little bit older than some of the kids, so they don't really need the babysitting that some other kids need. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been challenging, but at the same time, it's been really rewarding to be able to, uh, I literally, before I did this, did the PE lesson with Lockie about, uh, cricket throwing a ball and Fantastic. standing long jump, by the way. Amazing. It turns out, um, It's an interesting um, combination of mine, yeah, uh, yeah, well, it's sort of athletics and cricket, or sort of yeah. uh, both at this term. So, um, turns out he's a much better standing long jumper than me. He's got quite sort of springy really? legs. Yeah, huh. I don't know. I think, is it the cycling that's tightened things up? I don't know. I think it's I've the extra of legs forty kilo oh, well. <laughs> that uh, I'm probably carrying. Yeah. I don't know if I can yeah. launch it as far. And his yeah, his right. springs aren't. But yeah, things like that, and the fact yeah. that he's you know um, both of the, uh, the kids are into um, Joe Wicks of a morning, and um, right. I certainly have never done an exercise video with my children before this time. So yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty big silver lining, I imagine. Mm. On a good anyway, you yeah. have any comments about that? Not to sort of timestamp this because obviously, uh, yeah, going to be. They're going to be listening to this for like years. Uh, <laughs> yeah. People will come across this in 10 years from now and be like, oh, those guys are so wisdom. good. Timeless wisdom. Uh, My insomnia has been cured yeah. uh, by these two guys. Yeah. You've got to listen to these I guys. They go to sleep clinics. straight away. Yeah. Uh, I think the silver lining for me has been the simplicity of it. If anything, it's been, like you said, actually a reminder that, look, um, the principles of nature, the principles of life and the principles of health haven't all of a sudden 
flipped out and dissolved because the world's gone full focused on Corona nineteen on COVID nineteen. You know these these principles of health that have sort of got humanity to this point still exist. You know, it is still a good idea to do some exercise. It is still a good idea to to sleep well. It is still a good idea to eat well and all these things and look after yourself. And they support your health and proper functioning of your immune system. And yeah, this is a you know this has got a lot of traction in terms of fear and and a lot of you know big numbers of of people. Um, contracting it and experiencing some horrible things, but that hasn't taken away or changed the principles of nature and that we still have a lot of control over our health and there are still a lot of things that we can do. And so that's, that's kind of what I've, you know, I've been trying to educate a lot, of, uh, a lot of my clients up here in Scotland about that, you know, yeah, this is scary. You turn on the news, it is scary, but we know that when you're scared, your immune system is in fact lowered a little bit. Yeah. And so it's important to take take this time that a lot of people have found themselves with, um, get out in nature if you can safely and get some sun. Weirdly, there's been a lot of sun up here in Scotland. And to, yeah, connect, take care of yourself. Um, yeah, so a slowing down has been quite nice and I think ultimately a lot of people have probably enjoyed the slowing down and, and taking stock of what's actually really important to them. And weirdly being apart from people and not really being able to spend time physically with people i'm consistently hearing that people are reconnecting like like we are over sort of technology here but a lot of people are reaching out to friends and family that maybe they wouldn't have um as as often and so i think that's been quite a a nice a nice thing to to notice and a lot of people have experienced yeah so weirdly greater connection through disassociation yeah (laughs) So look, let's uh, maybe we should move on to some of what we get into outside of um, yeah Cairo. Anyway, so thanks for sharing that. On uh, you know, I think it's good to not focus too much down on the old sort of well as we're coming out of lockdown. Hopefully, um, yeah. Uh, Soon I take. So there's a bike behind you. I don't think it's got any pedals on it. Does it have any pedals on it? There's no pedals on it because right. uh, that is. Um, the museum piece. Yeah, the show bike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that one comes out once a year, uh, but um, also not quite in alignment with the sponsors, uh, Cannondale. Uh, um, uh, but it was the dream bike to have a Colnago at some point. So yes. um, I put this thing together, um, which I is was there when it was being built. Bike. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's got to be about a decade old, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And you would so know. cycling, how is it that you found, uh, what is it that you love about cycling and how did you find it? Well, so the two of us, obviously, we, uh, I, I consider you to be uh, like some of this running stuff you do and the way you approach it is fairly unique. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we'll get it into is, that. It is that. Uh, I, cycling for me was just something that uh, I gravitated towards. In fact, there was an uncle of mine who isn't with us anymore, Uncle John, who um, was quite a keen cyclist. And he actually, I remember when I was at uni, came shopping for my first ever road bike, um, which was this steel-framed Reynolds tubing job um, uh, of which I don't have anymore. And um, 
And so I started writing then, but then I sort of just did it, sort of dabbled in it a bit. And it wasn't really until I got to London when I sort of discovered that Richmond Park was on my doorstep. And if I wanted to get fit and see some of the fresh uh, grey outdoors uh, as an Aussie, there was limited options in London. So Richmond Park provided that. Yeah, right. Um, and then I, I sort of, as I just did more and more laps of the park, I realised I sort of had a little bit of a, a, a talent for that. Um, and then, you know, move forward probably about five six years ago i met up with these group of guys who were forming a sponsored amateur bike racing team and um they introduced me to track cycling um and to the amateur road racing scene over here and still as a 48 year old guy i'm in there mixing it up with some of the young up-and-coming talent of gb cycling so yeah i'm still a member of a uh, of an amateur race team, although obviously at the moment there's not much racing going on. No. Uh, there's a bit of e-Zwift racing going right. on, um, which is something we didn't talk about before, I don't <laughs> think. And, um, uh, and yeah, so I, I, I sort of do masters racing with a focus on my sort of 10-year age group yep. um, and end up doing the British National I went to the World Masters Championships last year in Manchester on the track, came sixth in the world on the individual pursuit, got Incredible. some medals in the um, the, the British um, National Track Champs and, you know, um, you know, won a few races last year in the Masters scene. So um, there you go. That's my little blurb about that. Um, yeah. Well, unlike you, I've got a lot of – medals for running but they're not for actually placing it's more of a participation type of a situation so um <laughs> uh the the longer distance no, no but look what yeah what are some of the events you get into uh well like anything they anything over a, a regular marathon distance is technically called an ultra marathon and so yeah i quite enjoy these sort of adventures that you head out out into the trails could be around around the coast or or sort of anywhere around the world really and um yeah i sort of treat it as a as a big big day out an adventure with a backpack um usually with it with a friend and um so the last one was down in northumberland and it was about 60 kilometers in um zero degrees and 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 wind like you wouldn't believe and weirdly it was fun you just sort of running along the beach or staggering into the wind along the beach and then through the mud and the paddocks and you look down at your watch and you realise, oh, we've sort of been at this for about three hours and we're not really even halfway and, oh, yeah, good, I could have a, you know, a jelly bean or something and you sort of just think about the beer at the end of it by the fire. Um, so it's all, it's, it's quite weird and the people who do these things are, are usually pretty odd but um, it's... It's kind of, I guess it's a form of escapism, really. Um, so what about your um, preparation? Yeah. Um, for these events? So I sort, of, I, try, I sort of streamlined it pretty well in London. I, I focus more on strength in the, in the gym. So I'd be going to the gym, do a bunch of leg presses or a bunch of squats pretty much until you want to throw up for about 10 or 15 minutes. And, um, and that was about it, to be fair sort of in and out, this idea of running endlessly for hours and hours and hours during the week. Um, training never really appealed to me. Um, so I sort of focused more on the strength and so far so good. I seem to have found a short circuit to um, getting endurance in 
Do you know anyone else who trains like that? No. No, I don't. No, I don't. And this is the thing that's that's mega frustrating up here at the moment with all the gyms being closed is that I'm actually running an hour a day and I was like, oh, that's actually really hard work. (laughs) (laughs) And you're probably getting some Achilles strains or sort of something going on too. Yeah, and I'm doing um, this thing called stretching now. I never used to do any stretching, doing stretching. (laughs) Yeah, so it's weird. But so I focus more on the strength than the distance and mileage. Um, Mm. It's been great. Yeah, it suits, so, suits a busy lifestyle as well, yeah. Because it has been a very interesting journey. You might have heard at the end of this uh, conversation with Jason um, last week about yoga and how I've mm. been doing now for, yep. I think this must be week six, where I think I've only missed one Monday, Wednesday or Friday morning at 6.30 doing his 45-minute oh, wow. 45, 45 yoga class. Right, okay. Did, did you know I've been that committed to that? I did not know you've been that committed, no. And we were kind of, um, you know, hassling you out a little bit, sort of saying, Brady, why, why aren't you there? Um, yeah, right, okay, I'll be there. So you've got to be there. Uh, Friday morning, okay. He would be shocked uh, to see you. And unlike uh, maybe us who are kind of at the moment probably ignoring anyone who's actually watching us, sorry, guys, because um, we're new to this. Yeah, right. Uh, but, but um, no, it's, it's been really interesting. And he, he interacts with his crowd. Okay. It turns out there, there are like four or five a hardcore five or six weekers, of which I'm one of them. Okay. Um, wow. One's wow. in Paris, one's in London, one's in Jeez. Norfolk or something. And um, So international. It's a little thing. Um, <laughs> but um, And I can't say that I'm any closer to touching my toes, but um, I've Overrated. certainly gained strength in the upper body, which as a really? cyclist I didn't have. Yeah, um, okay. And it's been, you know, just that introduction of yoga into this. That's one of the things I've gotten out of lockdown because yep. I figured at the time I needed something to get my butt out of bed yeah. um, uh, at a decent time or else, uh, especially when the kids weren't at sort of home school, yeah, yeah. Um, we were getting into the habit or so I could see how slippery we would have fallen into a bit of a kind of sleep in until 9 o'clock or something, you know. Yep. Um, and then I'm like, nice. right, well, let's just do a six, let's commit to this. I saw Jason was doing it. Um so yeah, it's been good. Well, that's it. Actually, that's not a bad question to, to go with. So, what will you carry or take with you from this change in lifestyle recently into the future? Yoga? Do you see that as being a regular, long-term thing? Yeah, I'd like to do it. You know, I, I probably I hope to take into the sense that I have more time. Mm. Right, because I always felt a bit guilty about doing yoga three times a week because I kind of felt like it was like taking up three hours of my week. Yeah. Um, plus the getting to the studio, getting back from the studio, doing all this sort of stuff. Yep. And so I never, I would only do one class a week maximum okay. because I didn't have five hours in my week to kind yeah. of like. Uh, it felt like that was that. all the time you, you could afford to, to put towards it. Yeah, and plus yeah. Uh, the idea of doing yoga at 6.30 in the morning always felt like it was too early and my body was too creaky and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, right. So I think it's a great idea just to kind of get on the yoga mat before anyone wakes up, go and yeah. do half an hour or so of uh, movement yeah. or flow as uh, yes. Jason refers to it. And yes. it really helps open your body up and calm the mind a bit to start the day, you know. Yeah. So, By the way, watch yeah. out InstaFeed's trying to flog us yoga mats after this comment. <laughs> Is, is that right? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Is, is, is the uh, – Yeah, the new one uh, I want is a cork. I don't even do yoga, but I definitely want this cork mat that apparently is non-slip and gets more grippy the more you use it. So, you know, I'm into it. Well, let's just get you 
on Friday. On yeah. <laughs> so I did it this morning. It's Wednesday. So now, okay. yeah, Friday, six thirty. Um, join yeah. us for Jason at, at Jason's individual account, and he'll. Okay. Um, yeah, thankfully you don't have to show yourself uh, like we are here now. Like, I've uh, just been you for just a run. You just actually have to okay. do it. Just okay, fine. Yeah, go for a run. Do yep. this as like the post-run stuff, and uh, you'll find okay. it's a good mix of stretch and strength. But anyway, Perfect. we digressed. Always. Um, well, we probably should wrap this up. Right, I mean. I'm, uh, I'm sure anyone – do you reckon anyone stuck with us for the entire not really, 45 no. minutes? Oh, wow. No, I don't think so, but that was, it was just nice to um, use this as, as an excuse to speak with you properly. Yeah. I know, I, like a, it, it's a way that it's now – you know, it's accessible to anyone who actually wants to sort of, um, you know, do that thing of like, what the hell are these guys up to and what are they about, you know? So hopefully we can sort of just get the message out there to a few more people that, uh, you know, they've got healthy options. Um, yeah. and, and they've got know, more control. They've yeah. got help, they've got options and they've got control and, um, and it can be really effective. Yeah. All right. Well, I... I'm going to have to track down some of these other chiropractors to have this uh, another conversation with. So, Excellent. Um, All right. I reckon Bloomy will be uh, – I reckon you get the time zone thing going for Bloomy in Australia as well, actually. <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, you always thought – I always assumed that you had to be in the same room to do like a podcast type of scenario. But probably no, this not. technology actually of actually eyeballing someone while you actually do it mm-hmm. is probably better than having a telephone conversation, right? I think so. Yeah. Very good. Thanks for setting it up. Yep. Okay, mate. Thanks, I'll everybody. I'll try and successfully uh, end this and not lose it forever. Okay. <laughs> Cheers, guys. <laughs> Stay healthy. Okay. Bye-bye. See you later.